Listener Production. Hi, I'm Sasha Barbagat. Welcome to this extra episode of The Briefing. Every weekday, Arvo, at three, we'll be dropping an additional ep into the feed to keep you up to date with everything going on in the world right now. Did you know there's a World Cup kicking off tomorrow and Australia's playing in it? Well, you'd be forgiven if you didn't know. Barely anyone is talking about the Rugby World Cup or the Aussies' quest for the Webb Ellis Cup in France. Once a major sporting code in Australia, Rugby Union and the Wallabies have slipped considerably since 2003 following a string of bad coaches, bad results and bad publicity. We all saw the incredible success and admiration across Australia when the Matildas played in the recent FIFA Women's World Cup with a record 7 million people tuning in on free-to-air TV to watch their quarterfinal against France. We clearly love supporting our teams on the world stage. So why is no one paying attention to the Wallabies and the Rugby World Cup? And is there hope of resuscitating the sport in Australia or is the damage done? Well, our very own Tom Tilley played rugby for years. He's a rugby tragic and he's joined me here in the studio to find out if the Wallabies can mirror the Matilda's success to breathe life into rugby. Tom Tilley, good to see you. Yeah, hello. Yeah, I don't talk about rugby union much in my professional life on air because I figure that, you know, most people aren't interested because it's become quite a niche sport. But yeah, I grew up playing it and just loving it. So privately, I'm mad for it, you know, but mostly I'm expressing that in my family WhatsApp group or on the couch. Well, see, I don't even have a family WhatsApp group. I can talk about rugby with my dad and my uncles and my one Kiwi friend who lives in New Zealand, and that's too depressing. So I feel your pain. I feel like we're long-suffering Wallabies fans. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about, you know, the past successes of the Wallabies. They enjoyed a huge amount of success in the 90s, won the Mm. 91 World Cup, the 99 World Cup, made the final in 2003 at home. What's happened since? What's been going on? Well, yeah, I grew up in that era and, you know, there were television ads, wannabe, a wallaby and all this excitement from our victories on the world stage. And that was also the period where it was transitioning from an amateur sport to a professional sport and, you know, competing with rugby league and AFL. But since then, performance has dropped, but also participation never really took off like some of those other sports like AFL and soccer in Mm. particular. They've grown massively in the last 20 years where rugby has stagnated. Participation league has grown somewhat, but not on the level of those two other codes. So that's what we're up against. There's been some other big problems like the way it's been broadcast on television that it just, it just hasn't been put out to a mass audience. You know, the big competition, Super Rugby, which is an international competition in the Southern Hemisphere, um, has been on pay TV behind a paywall. So that's been a massive problem as well. I want to compare the pair. Let's look at the Matildas. So Mm. we just had the FIFA Women's World Cup, Australia hosted. It was a huge moment, not only for Australia, but for women's sport. Talk us through that kind of cultural surge that we saw in that it wasn't just the fact that we were playing great in sport. We Mm. were, it was a moment for women's sport. Let's compare that to the Wallabies and this kind of World Cup. I mean, you can't really compare them, can you? They're completely different. Look, I think we're asking an interesting question here, you know, can the Wallabies have a Matildas moment and resuscitate this game that's stagnating? It's a bit of a cheeky question, really, because more or less the answer is no, but it is really interesting to look at the ingredients that went into that amazing moment with the Matildas. So you look at it, one of them was performance. They played really well. And then the other thing was the intersection of that performance with social change. So what the Matildas represent is this rising tide 
of equality in sport, gender equality. So the rising tide of women's sport in Australia. You know, we've seen the rise of the AFLW, NRLW, uh, women's rugby as well. So these sports are really growing. Um, they're getting massive support. The level of their competitions is increasing. They're on television now, whereas they weren't before. And I guess broader gender issues across society, you know, working towards equal pay, representation in government at the corporate level on boards. So that's why you got this surge of excitement because you were including 50% of the population in ways women haven't been included in big sporting moments before. Add that to great performance, us hosting the FIFA World Cup, that's what really blew that moment into the moment that we'll all remember it for and, and just a huge success for the Matildas and a moment of elation for the whole nation. Almost none of those factors exist for the Wallabies in this upcoming World Cup. We're not hosting it. We're not playing well. And in terms of social issues, rugby is almost swimming against the tide of yeah. social change. You know, it's seen as a as an elitist sport, mostly played in private schools in Sydney and Brisbane, and that's about it. Now, that's not entirely true, but it has been a more middle-class sport than rugby league or even AFL. Mm. Those factors, though, that made the Matildas moment so incredible have existed before in the game of rugby and in a World Cup. But it was actually in South Africa. So in 1995, it was an incredibly historic moment. Nelson Mandela was released from jail in 1990, became the president in 1994, and then in 1995, South Africa hosts the World Cup. And he's standing there in the captain's jersey, the number seven green jersey of the yeah. Springboks, Francois Pinar. And it was seen as the white man's game. It was almost seen as a symbol of apartheid. But by Nelson Mandela embracing the white man's game in that moment was such a huge moment of unification for South Africa, given the history they'd had with apartheid and racial division. And so that was beautiful. And then they won by three points in extra time against New Zealand, you know, the champions of the game. So they had that moment then. It was enormous, but that won't be happening in France for the Wallabies. No, look, but I will say we are hosting, Australia is hosting the 2027 Rugby World mm. Cup. To me, it feels like it's the sport's last chance to kind of reignite support within the public. Would you agree? It could be amazing. Yeah. We might do really well in Paris. The thing is, in France, we always do well at World Cups relative to our overall performance. So there could be a surge of interest in the game again if we do sort of push into the quarters and the semis or even the final of this World Cup. And then, yeah, if we, we host it, I mean, when we hosted in 2003, it was huge. Mm. And we made it to the final and we got beaten in extra time by England. I watched it from a pub in Cape Town surrounded by English people. It was oh, hell. <laughs> but the the semi-final against New Zealand was great. So, yes. yeah, that could really reignite interest in the game. And then if our state-level teams in Super Rugby start doing well, the results could drive interest in the game. But is it ever going to, like, overtake league, AFL, and then the participation in soccer slash football um, is well over a million? You know, it's like six times that of union. I don't ever see it really coming back against those three other codes. No. It, it could maybe sort of pull up alongside rugby league, but probably not. Mm. It, it does when it goes to World Cup level because it's a much more of a world game than, than rugby league and AFL. So, yeah, the Rugby World Cup in Australia in, in 2027 could be epic, yeah. could re-energize the base, the supporters, but will it overtake those other sports? I, I really don't think so. No, and I, I tend to agree with you. However, as long-suffering fans, there is hope that we can see it back to its glory days or at least, 
you know, a shadow of that one day. You know um, what? I, I sort of don't worry about this bigger picture stuff. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it is what it is. And it only sort of leads to disappointment thinking that the game <laughs> needs to be the most popular sport. You know, I love it. It's mm. a fluid, physical, barbaric sport. I mean, speaking of the barbarianism, this is the other thing that league and union are up against is the concussion issue. Yeah. You know, for young parents, that's a big part of the reason why participation is not what it could be because it's it's dangerous. Yeah, you know? more people going to soccer for that very reason. Yeah, the, the head knocks, the damage to brains for young players and then particularly the damage for brains at, at a professional level is pretty scary and there's sort of growing awareness and research as to the true impact of that as well. Mm, yeah, it's such a multifaceted issue and there's no way you can just kind of put it down to one thing. You know, people say that Wallabies fans, long-standing Wallabies fans have Stockholm Syndrome. They they can't <laughs> walk away. It's like we're held hostage. So I personally will be watching. I know you will as mm. well. Uh, and, yeah, maybe we'll be talking in a few months' time about a great Wallabies win. Yeah, well, performances can sort of turn around a sport and create a lot of interest and suddenly people might be getting up at 2am to watch the Wallabies in France, but mm, yeah. don't know. I will. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for your time, Tom. Pleasure. A big thanks to Tom Tilly for chatting with me there about the Rugby World Cup. If we have inspired you to watch, it all kicks off at the ungodly hour of 5.15am tomorrow when hosts France take on New Zealand. Mm. The Wallabies' first game is Sunday morning at 2 against Georgia. And that is all for today's episode. Thanks for listening.